This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. I'm Tiago, the founder and CEO of Dear Designer, a subscription-based design service like Netflix for designs. And we help anyone in need of design work by providing them with a dedicated design team to do all their design work for a flat monthly fee. Tiago, thank you for being here. This is my favorite thing to talk about is design and how it works and why it's important and, you know, all the good stuff design. We were talking before we started recording that I can talk about all things marketing, but this is my favorite. So the topic and the title for the show, just to get this out of the way, is how to design marketing materials that speak to your client. So let's start first with if I had shortened that title to just like how to design marketing materials, I think like in every industry, everyone thinks they can do it themselves right now, especially with Canva. So let's talk about why they shouldn't, why DIY design is just doesn't, it's not a great idea, but it also doesn't really work. Yeah, I totally get the temptation just to use Canva or I don't know, another design tool and do it yourself. Uh, for your design needs, for anything that you you might need, it it seems so easy, right? To just right. log in and create something yourself. It's it yeah. seems like oh, if I have to pay someone or if I have, it's gonna take longer, it's gonna be expensive. But here's the thing: while Canva is a great tool for for simple projects, I think it has some real limitations if you yeah. really want to get professional design work done. You can still get a few things good there, but it, sure. Canva is not really a proper design tool as a, to create. You can it's like a collaboration tool. You can actually get get piece, bits and pieces for, from different places and yeah. create something. But yeah. I don't think it would be the best thing for professional design work, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like. It is a great place. And I don't want to like spend a whole lot of time like an advertisement for Canva, but I feel like it, it, it does have a purpose once you've done the professional design. Once you've got your professional brand and design and you've gone through the right channels and strategy and done all of the work to create a really clean, perfect design, then maybe you can throw it into Canva if you need to share stuff with your team and like take it from that point. But to start from scratch, like let's say you're opening a brand new law firm and you need to start from scratch. You need a logo, you need social media, you need a website. And like to start from scratch there, it's very problematic. And we, I've had, I mean, I'm sure you have too. I've had people ask me these same questions. And my answer is always, that I turn it back when I'm talking to attorneys and I say, well, what do you say when, when your clients ask you if they shouldn't just use legal zoom and like do it, do their divorce themselves or (laughs) do whatever their legal issue is on their own. And you know, in every industry, there's some version of a DIY option, right? And usually it's basic and not going to be a, have a long-term kind of success. Yeah, so here's the deal. If you're actually getting a design team or uh, someone to 
create something from scratch from you is great. And then you use you can use Canva to uh, maybe multiply the work or do the legwork for different other formats. That that's the perfect use for Canva. But yeah. imagine you're just starting uh, and you you shoot up Canva and you get loads and hundreds and hundreds of different templates. The problem is some of them might seem a little bit generic or outdated. But you and you also don't want your logo to look just like your competitor, yeah. right? And right. that's exactly what is going to happen if you use Canva from scratch. You're exactly. going to choose a nice logo. You're not going to be able to create anything there. You're going right. to be able to choose stuff stuff from what's already there, and yeah. then then you you got yourself a logo that someone else might be using. And I, oh. I'm guessing for for lawyers that's going to be a massive problem. You so because I mean, one at of the that. end of you the day, what is the point of all of this marketing? The whole point is to differentiate you and to stand exactly. out and be different and memorable. And when people encounter your brand in all of these different ways, that they're like, oh yes, that was that guy, as opposed to all of the other ones. But if you are taking, if you're starting with a templated approach, then what are you telling your clients? You're kind of telling them visually that they can expect a templated type of lawyer. And then at that point, then they have a valid argument for why should I not DIY my own legal issue? So you're kind of starting from that place, giving them the wrong first impression from the very first couple seconds that they're encountering exactly. your brand. Exactly what you said. The bottom line is really that professional designers can, uh, they have the skills and expertise to take your business, your lawyer, lawyer firm and, and uh, your, your company presence to the next level, right? Their yes. work makes your brand look credible, trustworthy and put together. And yes. when, you, when you're using those kind of elements, uh, those kind of, kind of apps like Canva, it's okay. It might it might help you get started, but it's not going to consolidate your brand if you're if you're serious about it. Okay, so that is a perfect segue to my next question. Is I've recently seen a lot of people who are people who kind of ended up in marketing, but they started in a different career, and they're realizing that it doesn't look good. What they're doing just is not kind of turning out well, and they can't quite figure out how to do that. And so they're trying to sort of re reverse engineer a design career. And I see this a lot. I have an MBA and I see this a lot all over the place where people are like, you know, and you get an MBA, you don't need to go back for three years, get your MBA over the weekend, read these three books. And, you know, the same questions are being asked about being how to design well. Like, is there a quick thing I can read on a blog post somewhere that will make design look good. So my question is, what is the difference? And let's say you're hiring a design team and you realize, okay, I need to take it to the next level. But what's the difference between like that DIY option and the answer that you're going to get with that design team? What's the difference? I think it's probably in the process, but you know, what's the difference? I guess with like with ever with anything else, you cannot learn anything in just like five minutes, right? <laughs> and, and nowadays everything run so fast life is so everything is super fast like we just got chat gpt in and yeah. everyone knows all the answers just by typing a prompt it's it's crazy how fast life has been and all the processes and everything else and i guess that with especially with creative roles it's kind of a little bit harder to replicate it because yeah. you cannot just become a designer in 10 lessons you right. cannot just buy a course and oh 
okay, this course runs through two weeks and I'm going to become a designer, a perfect designer. Microsoft is going to hire me as their lead design team. <laughs> right. It's not going to happen. No. It's not going to happen, right? So right. you... Obviously, when, you, when you're starting a career, what I would recommend is focus on what you want to do. And obviously, design, marketing, they are very broad yeah. uh, subjects. So you have to kind of niche down and figure out what you want to learn, uh, where you, where you want to land on, and then go through the whole process. Yeah. Go through the whole process. Obviously, you can take some shortcuts to learn faster. You can use tools such as ChatGPT to kind of get you there, get you there faster, but you have to learn the whole, go through the whole process to learn uh, and get where you want to go, where you want to go. The thing is, what I believe, I, I completely believe on uh, is the experience, right? Yes. The more you try, the more you do, the more you fail, you learn the more from you your, fail. You, yes. you learn from your, your, your uh, failing experiences and you learn yep. from other people's experiences as well, which is even better if yeah. you know people that have, have gone through that path. I think it's yes. the brilliant way of doing it. And one, I think the, the biggest thing that I've been learning uh, recently is get a mentor, someone yeah. that has already gone through that path, someone that has already bumped their way through life and, and yeah. they, they did, they did get to where you want to go get a mentor and yeah. learn from their their uh, their successes their mistakes and they will help you achieve results better i think that's one of the biggest learnings that i'm getting and lots of people they don't because of the the mentors and the the people selling courses and and that that sometimes there's too much noise out there we we end up not trusting what's real what's not what is going to really get me there i yeah. think uh, finding a real mentor someone that you look up to is is a is a big deal right right 100% now. i want to dig into this idea of learning from failure though because i really feel like this is a core core element of design where a lot of times I'll have a client who hasn't really gone through the design process before, you know, it's similar to once again, I'm going to keep coming back to law firms and your clients have often not had to hire a lawyer before. You know, the, there's you, usually a handful of times over the course of your life when you may need one. And if that. And so the process is unfamiliar and unusual. And so we send the first draft. And they kind of freak out sometimes. And they're like, this, I, I'm looking at your completed work in your portfolio, yeah. and this isn't the same. And it's like, yes, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> it's not. Because none of those projects or websites or whatever you're looking at s launched after the first draft. Never. Yeah. That has never, yeah. ever happened. And so it's crucial in the, pro in the process to go through iterations and to fail over and over. And Absolutely. I don't even like the word failure necessarily, but there's nothing else I can think of that's quite right. But what we, what we learn over those iterations is what gets us to that end result that works Absolutely. really well. And so you can, you, you just can't expect that first draft to read your mind on all levels. There's just, it's just never, there's too much going on in design between the visuals and the graphics and the fonts and the, exactly, you know, yeah. all the different pieces for it to be a hundred percent on draft one. So let's talk a little bit more. Can you talk a little bit more about that or give a story or kind of, you know, give some background on how to be comfortable with that, that idea of 
of the iterations and if you have a different word besides failure, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, the, the word we usually use is revisions. Yes. Uh, okay. That's better. <laughs> I, yeah. Because in, in, our, in our service, we offer unlimited revisions. Yeah. And that's, that's a bit weird, right? Because being a designer, designers have big egos. Yeah. I am a designer. I've been a designer for over 20 years and I have a big ego as much as the next designer. Yeah. And we love what we do and we are proud of it. So, so yes. much so that when I started and I had to hire my first dear designer, someone that would help me deliver the designs to our clients, I, every design that they would deliver to me, I would go and check and change something, just and make comment. a revision yes. before <laughs> commenting on it, uh, yeah. before sending it to the client, because yeah. obviously I wanted to leave my impression. It was yeah. never good enough. Yeah. To the point that one day, obviously, with two, three designers, I, I couldn't just control everything. I, it would be impossible to revise every design. And one of the designs slipped me and yeah. went to a client without me revising. And I was like, I cannot believe you sent that. That's so crazy. This yeah. is not going to look well. The, the client's going to think that we are amateurs. And then yeah. the client came back with the feedback, I love you. This is perfect. <laughs> that was the slap in my face yeah. to say, hey, dude. Stop being stop stop being a control freak. Yeah. Kill your ego. It's not about what you like, what you don't like. Revisions right. are important and they should come from the clients. So the, that that's why we end up offering unlimited revisions because we believe that it doesn't matter what, what I like, what I don't like. Revisions are an important part of the process and I I never I don't believe that we are always that we get to a point that oh this is perfect. All our processes, all our designs, I do believe that there's always room for improvement. There's sure. always, not only with designs, right? With anything anything in life, our processes, our SOPs, everything is a, a, is a living document yes. that requires constant revision, constant yeah. adapting, constant updates. One day you have to type everything. The other day you type a prompt and the whole thing yep. gets written for you and then you just have to translate it, create more revisions and translate it into your tone of voice or translate it into the way that you, that better resonates with your clients and with your brand, right? So, okay. So I also have probably been doing it about the same amount of time and have this, like I was saying earlier, like my heart is in the design of it and also have a huge ego, but (laughs) You know, and, and I've been working solely with attorneys for the majority of my career. So there are times though, when I've been doing this and I've done more websites than the client has. And I know that what they're asking is a mistake. And so I know what my process is. Can you talk about that? I like what, how do you push back on the client? I know I do. So I will send them a very nice, calmly worded (laughs) email and say, Here is how, here is what I would recommend. I don't think that what you're asking supports X, Y, or Z and and whatever, but what do you do in those cases? That's a very good question. I... I am a very straight (laughs) to the... Yeah, I do. I do have to because... In my nature, I am a very straight to the point person. I don't... I sometimes I don't measure my words, especially yeah. when it comes to feedback. And if, if I have a strong opinion about something, I just make it, it. known. Yeah. Instead, I'm of, the same instead way. of sometimes letting them like trying to carve the right answer or the right <laughs> response yeah. to the, per, the, yeah. to the, to the people that I'm talking to. Yeah. That led me to many complications in life. So I'm trying yes. to, 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 convey the message better day by day. One thing that I think it's very important is you have to give the message. 
That is yeah. important. If yeah. I don't go to the doctor, I don't go to the doctor when I'm sitting on the table being in a surgery and I say, hey, can you please stitch a little bit more to the left? <laughs> can you cut a little bit more to yeah. the right? I think I think you're not doing it properly. I don't right. go that. I, I would never even think about it. I just right. sit there, relax. If if anything, I'll tell I'll tell them, give me give me something just so I can sleep Knock and do me your out. job. Yeah, I don't exactly. wanna I don't wanna hear about it. Just do your yes. job because you're the best person for the job. I yes. think that's exactly what I usually tell our clients. We do have revisions, we, but what, what we do, we have a, a standard operation that we tell clients whenever they request something. Real story, a client one day, they requested a pink unicorn in a yellow background. Uh, it's a real story. <laughs> yeah. And the designer looked at it and said, I'm not going to deliver that. How can I tell the client that this looks really bad without insulting them? Yeah, right. Right. Because they have to think some of our clients are designers, but some of them are not. And they should not pretend. It's like, as I said, with the doctor, right? I'm not a doctor. Right. I'm not going to tell the doctor what to do. So right. what we usually do is we tell the client, look, here's the design that you requested. So we will do the design that they requested. But we our approach is to always offer an alternative and yeah. say, look, here's an alternative that I believe will look better. Because yeah. Of this, this and that. Right. And then. The client is happy because they got exactly what they wanted and right. something that is outside of the box, something that they might have not thought about. Yeah. And the designer is happy because they don't deliver something that they wouldn't it's put horrible. on their own portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't I would never design something like this if it yeah. was up to me. And they, right. they are able to provide something that they are really proud of. So right. Everyone is happy. Everyone. And if the the client is the designer is happy the client will be happy as well yeah. so i believe that would be the best, best approach uh, it's yeah. been working really well for us it's not ever, and and then it's up to the client to use whatever they want right well that's it uh, that's at the end of the day it's their thing it's their yes. website or their social it's their graphic to use and if they decide to put out the pink unicorn that's on them exactly. you know like they're making that choice and they're the ones that are paying but at least you've had your piece and you've said you know you what you what you think and what you care about and all of that stuff so i wanted to bring it back towards like being client centric and kind of fo focusing on the client and i have a story that sort of illustrates this. So years ago, I was working with two different criminal defense attorneys in the same geographic area. I won't even mention the city because <laughs> those clients may recognize themselves. <laughs> so one was putting together a website and the visuals they wanted to use were police tape and like the sirens and handcuffs and, you know, just all of that thing everything that a, kind of an outsider thinks of when they think of a criminal. And then the other was using messaging like, we understand what's at stake. And then had these somber images of portraits of people. And their messaging was all about, we understand. This is serious, but we are here to move you through this and we've done this before. So we've we've got your back basically. But we also understand how serious this is and how much this could impact your life. Yeah. So no, it's not a like rocket science question to assume like two years later, which firm was still in business? <laughs> Wow. The guy who wow. did the police tape and everything, he just didn't quite. And I did the email. I sent the whole thing and I said, no one wants to think about police no. tape or handcuffs. They want, they're coming to you to not think about that, for you to take that off their shoulders. 
And, and he went with it. And I, and I, I had multiple emails back and forth. And I was like, listen, this is your website if you're doing that. But I'm, <laughs> I am going to check my box and make sure that you understand that I think this is the wrong direction. And he went with it and he did not, <laughs> his firm didn't survive. The other one's still in business and they're doing great. So let's kind of pull it towards how that visually works towards focusing your design on your client and, and why that matters and how that works and kind of how you recommend people go through that process. Sure. You know, when they say uh, the client is always right, yeah. uh, they're not, most no. times they're not, yeah. and, uh, well, but they are paying the bills. Right. That's why we always give them what they want and we, we give them an alternative as well. Yeah. But I believe that nowadays it's more important than ever to put the client at the center of everything that you do. Yeah. Because the client-centric approach focuses on understanding your client's needs, pains, and desires. Uh, so you can provide those tailored solutions that really delight them, right? So exactly. I really believe that it's that it's the best uh, the, the best approach it is to build loyalty that leads to this word of mouth referrals and ultimately uh, drives business growth. And yeah. visually is, is no different, right? It's, it's right. pretty much the same way we you do with content, with visuals. And visually, is the visual is very important. Many people are, what they focus first is the visual, is the online presence, how they look like. Uh, it's very important that because we focus a lot on making small look big. And when yeah. we say that is because you might have a great product, you might have a, an amazing service, but sometimes your online presence, your visuals, your look and feel, they they don't match. So imagine a visitor of your website, you, you, you have an excellent service, you're the best lawyer in the world, but when people visit your website, it looks very amateur. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't, people don't trust it, right? Yes. It, it's hard to relate, and then you end up not getting that client just because of the look and the look and feel of it. Yeah. So that's I believe that's why it's important to focus on a, a client-centric design uh, approach, because yeah. the key is actually to constantly gather insights into who your clients are and what motivates them. I believe that's that's the key uh, for for this kind of approach. So, okay. So you mentioned trust a minute ago. I want to yes. spend another minute on that because for lawyers, that's everything. Like your yeah. client has to be, this. these are whatever the topic is, whatever your practice area, you have to be trustworthy. And if you at all are shaky on that, they're instantly going to go away. Like they need to be able to trust yes. you with this really important thing, whatever it is, their business, their criminal defense, their estate, whatever the thing is. So can you talk a little bit about either what sort of erodes trust? Like I, I think we the whole idea of the Canva and the templates, we talked a little bit about that or and or how to visually convey a message that would support trust. Right. Uh, I believe that especially we were talking about a client a client first approach, right? Yeah. I don't think it's it, it, I, I think it's no longer optional. You know, I think it's a prerequisite uh, for su sustainable success. Yeah. Because uh, you got to make your clients need needs your North Star. Yeah. And it will guide your marketing to cut through the noise and make a real impact with yeah. the designs, with the messaging, with the content, everything, with everything you do. If yeah. you do not do that, exactly what what I was saying a minute ago. It will build. It will not build trust. People will not trust what what you're doing. People will not relate to it, and 
they will end up leaving. They're, they're going to choose someone else. Remember, there's always someone else that is doing something better than you are. Yeah. So there's right. always someone that is cheaper. There's always someone that is better. There's someone, but watch, builds trust, at least in the first moment. Uh, when people say, don't ju judge a book by the, by the, uh, by the cover, is exactly that. When you look at a cover, the first thing you do is literally you read it, you, see, you look at it, is it pretty? Is it, uh, is it, Draw, draw is it something that I want to read? Yeah. I don't know what it is about, but you judge it by the cover. You and do design, judge it. And design is exactly that, right? That is, you, yeah, let's talk about that because I absolutely can walk into a bookstore and 100% can judge books by its, its cover if it's in the kind of category of books that I enjoy. I yes. can tell by the design, by the font, by the color scheme, and by the imagery on that book cover what this the topic generally is like you can pretty quickly tell if this is going to be a horror book like that you know ex <laughs> yes. as soon as i said that you pictured a whole bunch of different visuals that align with that or if exactly. this is going to be like a young adult book for, meant for 12 year olds you can tell right away and this is what we're talking about in terms of your marketing you should yes. be able to tell right away who your clients are and who you're talking to so do you have an example of like how that's been done in the wrong way or a mistake that's been made or what, what that would look like if it wasn't done correctly or right or quite right? So there are, in the design industry, there are lots of memes out there, right? So <laughs> there, are, there are hundreds and hundreds of examples of Instagram profiles, of Facebook groups, all talking about design fails, yes. design memes. So yeah. you can see lots of stuff like you can say "I love you" with a very sweet font, uh, <laughs> or or I I am I am paying attention to you in a very sweet font. And if you write it with a very different font, like a very gory font, it can yeah. say uh, something completely different. It could right? be a stalker. It could be, a, as you mentioned, a horror movie. Yes. And, and there's a time and a place for different kind of look yes. and feel for visuals. Right. That, that is such a good example because I can picture it. And as soon as I'm picturing it, like if you put a Halloween font on it, all of a sudden it's like, do you? What are you saying? Like, what is exactly. that? And you are saying something with those design choices and it either aligns with what you're saying or not. And if it misaligns with what you're saying, all of a sudden you've lost trust because it's like, this is becoming weird and complicated and I don't understand why you're saying this one thing, but your design says a different thing. I'm going to go somewhere else where it's easy and clear and it all works. Absolutely. And as we were talking about books, there are thousands of books out there yeah, and, and hundreds of them with the exact, like with similar or the exact same title or yes. the same subject. So yeah. how do you choose, right? The first thing that you actually do is, is by the looks. So you look right. at it and then you choose and then you obviously you turn it around, you read the summary and see if that matches what you want to uh, what you want to do or not. And books yeah. and and TV shows are quite similar. There is a TV show because sometimes you start it and then you you kind of have to commit to yeah. the end because yeah. you you don't want to lose maybe there is something there. You get that FOMO that you <laughs> There's something there that uh, maybe maybe it's not good right now, but it's gonna get good at some point. And then you're like halfway there, and oh, I I I got to this point. I have to continue. I have to. I'm end done. It. Yeah. And sometimes you get to the end of it, and you don't get what you were expecting, or maybe it yeah. was just a waste of time. And yeah. I remember this TV show. I think it was called You on Netflix. Uh, it's so funny because everything that he says, 
it's a it's a guy that is a stalker, but everything that he says sounds brilliant, sounds lovely if it was used if it was used in a different context. But he's a stalker because uh, so so, so the visuals yeah. the visuals make it super creepy. The message is exactly the same yes. that you use with a lover. Yeah. But because the visuals, the the whole cinematic shows a stalker, it's super it's, creepy. Yeah. It's so that's all that. Different. It's all about the visuals in this TV TV series. Obviously, the it. TV show is about is about the stalker. It's not about design and visuals and all yeah. that. But it draw my attention. It drew my attention because it's exactly that. The message could be used for a lover and for a stalker. So uh, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's so, like, it couldn't be more opposite, too. Like, the yes. feeling you get from from the right, everything aligning right versus the creepy version. And it's the same. It's the exact same thing. When I see, you know, a website come through or someone set up a phone call with me and I look at what the what's happening right now on their website, when I look at it, because I've looked at bajillions of websites over this number of years. And when I look at it and it's not, there's something that's not working. I can tell instantly what it is and what's, you know, what needs to be fixed and why it's not working. And oftentimes the firm can't figure it out. They're too close to it. You know, they're kind of looking at it and they're like, I don't know, it looks fine. It looks like every other website. And I don't know why the website's not doing anything. It just sits there. Nobody clicks on it. Nobody ever spends any time there. And it's like, Okay, well, that's a problem. <laughs> and sometimes, and sometimes the devil is in the details, right? Yes. It's misconception uh, in the design world is that more is more. Yes. And it's it's super hard to make clients understand sometimes that it's easier to add more stuff yep. than it is to reduce elements from your designs. Yeah. The, the more complicated, I think it becomes more complicated as you want to clean it up. It's yes. like when you write when you write your essay or something like that. You have three hundred words. You when you start, you get words in. exactly you get <laughs> yeah. the, your first draft might have like three thousand words, and then yeah. it gets better as you trim it. You start removing yes. the fat. You start start removing the no important stuff, and yeah. then you get you get to the point. The masterpiece is when you actually got rid of all the noise and yep. then you only get the, the 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 important message and with design is exactly the same it's not all oh, the best bells and whistles in nope. design i don't believe design is the end design is actually the packaging to uh, deliver your message and yes. if the design could be uh, really simple and it would deliver more value than it was if if it was just like lots of firework and neon and all this yeah. kind of stuff going on on a web page or on a flyer even a business card yep. that doesn't pack too much punch uh, i think design is exactly like that the more you cut the fat you you package your content your messaging that i think that's that that's the best way of well, and I will say when we have positioning that aligns with what you're describing, when we have a firm that is very high end and their clients are very, you know, high net worth people and they're appealing to a very high end clientele, that is the most difficult design. Yes. Because on top of it being high end, they're lawyers. So they want to pack in the words and they yes. want to you know, like add the more things. And I'm, I'm afraid we're not saying X, Y, or Z. And it's like, listen, if you look at high end, so this is usually the journey we take them on is we'll look at, okay, where are your clients shopping? Are they shopping at Rolex and Chanel and, you know, high end 
brands. Let's exactly. look at what these brands are doing. I guarantee you their homepage and their content pages are sleek and super minimal. minimal. There's almost yeah. no words and there's tons of space. There's tons of space because that's luxury along all lines. When you look at yes. hotels, the more space you have, the more money you're spending. When you look at anything, you're on an airplane, the more space you have, the more money you're spending. Absolutely. Yes. So when you pack in those words, you are looking basic and economy and low grade. So exactly. you're not kind of covering yourself. You're diminishing and decreasing your brand value. It looks just like garbage. It doesn't look good, but it's tricky and it's painful for a lot of lawyers to go through that process of stripping it out and making it very sleek and elegant. But in the end, that's what works for that kind of clientele, if that's who your clientele are. A topic, right? Because yeah. it, it's not only about the high end. Obviously, the high end is, is straight straightforward. You go to the website, you see straight away that less is more. Yeah. And they are focusing on the product. They're focusing on the imagery of what they're selling. And yeah. that's it. That should talk to you. That should be the message. And yep. not all the bells and whistles, as we were mentioning earlier. And right. not only that, but you can see it clearly in the wannabes. Yes. Apple, for instance. Apple, yes. for instance, is not a high, super high-end product. But right. as you can see, look at look at their uh, their website. It's just the product. It's yep. just it's like a white canvas with just a phone and yep. just like one word or two word sentence. That's it. And yep. but I, I go even further. Not only the design, but look at the evolution of those brands. They come. They start like years and years ago, decades ago, with a logo or with a visual with visual elements that were very complicated, very yeah. convoluted, and now it's just an apple. Yes. It's literally a silhouette yeah. of an apple, or yeah. a, it's a window. There's no the windows, real tagline. Yeah. No, no tagline. It's yeah, they don't even be... use the name Apple on their no. website. It's literally just the logo. Yep. So it used you to don't... say like think differently. And exactly, they used to yeah. have different taglines. And and like you're saying, there's this evolution where they've like stripped all of that away because they don't need it anymore. It's just yes. it's just complicating things. So the the more that you convey your message better, you package uh, your content in a simpler way. The, the more you focus on what really matters, which is yeah. your content, your messaging, right? So yep. the design just becomes what it is, the design, just the yes. packaging, just the, 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 you know, the gift that is just the packaging, the packaging might, might be nice. But yeah. if you put a nice package and a, the gift is not really good, it, it. it's going gonna, it's gonna to attract people. Yeah. Right. So design can attract people and that's good. But then if your content, your message, your your the main thing that you're offering doesn't relate, is, is not aligned to what you're what you're giving as a present, uh, as the gift, the, the, the whole packaging externally, it's it's not going to not going to uh, it's going to attract people, but it's not going to keep them. Right. Right. So I, I think that's exactly what you were mentioning. Yeah. Yes, exactly. OK, so it's time for the book review. We have a whole library on the website for the podcast of all the guests have offered a book review. And so there are all these cool business books that usually kind of line up with whatever the topic is we're talking about. So check that out. But Chago, what is the book that you wanted to add to the library? I love books, physical ones, as well as my Kindle. Yes. Uh, and I'm currently reading uh, a book by Dan Mattel called, uh, it's a very long name, uh, Buy Back Your Time, Get Unstuck, Reclaim Your Freedom, and Build Your <laughs> Empire. 
very long, long name. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That tells a lot about the, 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 the author as well. But yeah. it's a really good book. Surprisingly, I judged the book. I, I picked it up twice. I let it sitting there for, for a while. But then a friend of mine said, you have to read this book. It's going to help you a lot. And the book is like a guide to taking control of your time and priorities in yeah. order to build a successful and business and life. It's yeah. not very, it's not very self-help. It's, it's yeah. literally very straight to the point. Go and do this and do that. And in this book, Dan Martel, he gives you strategies to become more focused, more productive and intentional with how you spend your days, how you spend your time, which is the most valuable thing that you have, right? I love this because this is something I spent a lot of time reading about as well. And I've seen a lot of people talking about how I think this next generation, I, I think once we kind of define ourselves post-COVID, we've all come to this recognition that our currency is time. It is yes, not absolutely. salaries. It is no. not you know status. It's not any of that stuff. It's time. And so we all have kind of come to this you know, all, there's all these, all this evidence of people doing that quiet quitting and whatever and taking control over their time. But yeah. I also think this lines up with design and what we're talking about because it's taking a look at how you spend your time, especially just on a professional level and focusing it on the right kind of clients Absolutely. so that you are not wasting your time with the wrong clients and the wrong strategy and the wrong approach and all of that stuff. And you recognize like, where is it that I really want to like throw my valuable time and who do I want to spend that with and who do I not? And let's find a way to filter that out. So I think it's super important. It is. It is. Uh, I, I sometimes I go, I do some public speaking and one of my talks is called Stop Being a Part-Time CEO. And it's yes. all about, it's all about, <laughs> us uh, as business owners or or some we have a business we have an agency or we have a practice and we sometimes spend most of our time doing things that we shouldn't be doing yeah. and I, I i i mentioned something like would you pay a ceo to do design work right would you pay yeah. a ceo to do accounting work yeah a billing yeah and checking emails right. and replying yeah. to uh, like code code messaging and all this kind of stuff you would go ballistic if you saw a ceo that you pay thousands and thousands of dollars per year doing yeah. menial tasks right so even why things, are you why exactly. are you doing this kind of stuff right even little things in life in general like i realized that laundry is the bane of my <laughs> yes. existence. Yes. And like I felt like, what year is this that I still have to spend this much time every week doing this every week? So I found a service and this was a game changer. And this sounds like a minor thing, but when I can recapture that many hours in my week and send it out and have it come back folded, ready to go, smelling great and whatever, and I and I can do that for a nominal cost, all of a sudden you start to look at other parts of your life and you're like, okay, what else can I do? I it got the robot sense. vacuum. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, there's a million different examples of this, how you can do this in your life in general, but then all of a sudden it just opens your life up to focus on like really optimizing it. Yeah, and it's all about uh, streamlining your systems, right? Yes. Whether it's work or life, it's also about learning how to say no to yes. things that happen in your life. As you yep. said, I don't want to do laundry anymore because it. it's taking <laughs> half of my life. Yes. I don't want to do, uh, do, don't want to do the irony. I, I'm going to yes. get someone to do it for me. Yep. I'm not only 
not uh, not only taking back my time, buying back my time, but I'm also uh, helping this person to get yep. some money to put food on their table and yep. so on and so forth. It's about leveraging the automation and hiring people, right, to help yes. you and uh, to help you with all this kind of stuff. And those things, let, let, let's be real, we all go through them. We all struggle with those small things that we don't want to do or we shouldn't be doing anyway in order to get our time back and uh, yes. and make the most of it. Awesome. Okay. So Tiago, what is one big takeaway you'd like people, we have covered a lot of ground. <laughs> We've covered <laughs> yes. the kind of designing your life, but also being client centric and you just kind of design in general, both for like your marketing visuals and all that, but like designing your life as well. So what's a big takeaway that you'd like people to get from this episode overall? I think um, it's always what I say, especially in this talk, stay in your lane. Do what yes. you do best. Focus on what you do best. What What is one thing that nobody can do in your business, in your life, with your family, and focus on that and try to say no to everything else. I know it's hard. I know it's it's not something that comes easily to us. It's an exercise. It's like a muscle, right? You have to yeah. exercise it. And uh, and the more you exercise, the more you're going to take back the control of your life and the, more, the less you're going to do all those menial things that sh you shouldn't be doing yourself. I think that's the best thing. Yes. And that, that ties into the design, ties into user-centric approach, ties in with everything else. Because obviously, yep. when you focus on what you do best, when you focus on what, not only what you do best, but what, what makes your heart sing, Yes. Because so, sometimes you do you do lots of stuff just because of the money or just because you have to do it. You don't. No. You, at some point, you realize that when you're doing something that you enjoy doing and you do it really well and you're successful at it, just try and focus at it. Focus yes. on it. And, and all the rest, you can find systems. You can delegate. You can automate. You can outsource. That I think that's the main takeaway that I, that, that I would give to everyone that is listening. I think that's so good because it's a combination of like solid business advice, but this is more than just business. It's yes, how absolutely. are you going to really automate and streamline your business, which should lead to higher revenues. Like that should just be an automatic kind of clear path to that. But then also removing those elements. So it's not just like more money. It's also like le living a better life yes. because you're taking those elements out that are just like, honestly, like week after week, laundry was making me really irritated and frustrated. And you just remove all that whole cloud of just kind of ugliness and you, and you're focusing your life towards all of, all of the good, positive things that you actually enjoy doing. So it's it's a better business and a better life, I think. Yes. And Simon Sinek talks a lot about the why, right? So yes. why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. And most times we think, oh, it's, it's all about business. It is. And mm -hmm. in a way, it's not as well. Because, right. okay, so you convince yourself that you're doing what you're doing because of your family or because you want to do more stuff with your time and it, and this and that, and that's exactly it. But sometimes we end up using that as an excuse yeah. to do all this stuff and be tied into all this stuff. Oh, I'm doing the laundry because of my kids and this and that. I'm doing the business. I'm spending 16 hours a day working because of them. It's yeah. for them. They are the, my why. Yeah, yeah, but your life is going through, it's passing by, and you're not actually there for the, your why. So yes. uh, I believe that's exactly what you were saying. Yep. It's to remove all those little things yeah. that are 
consuming your time, they're consuming your, your energy, yes. your reason to leave, right? I yes. don't want to do the laundry anymore. No. You shouldn't. Just no. outsource that. Give it to someone else. Just yes. kill that from your life so you can actually go back and give your time, your energy to your why, to your family, to your business, to whatever you decide your why is, isn't it? Exactly. And I think that this idea of being busy has been glorified. And yes. one of my favorite quotes is there is no glory in being that busy. There no. just is no, it, it's, it's un, you're unhappy, you're stressed, it's miserable all yeah. the way around. And then that drips out into every other part of your life, your business, your family, every other part of your life just becomes miserable. And then yuck, like who wants to live like that? <laughs> that yes. sounds awful. <laughs> and there's time for everything, right? There's time for yeah. the hustle when you're getting started. Uh, you have to wear sure. all the hats. You yeah. have to do everything. You have to like burn the midnight oil and that's yeah. it. But you have to get to a point that you're actually enjoying the, the fruit of your labor, right? You have to exactly. start, start stopping all the, yeah. those activities, start yeah. stopping wearing all those hats, start yes. stopping being the control freak and, and trying to do everything yourself. And that's exactly what you mentioned. You have to start focusing on what is good for you and for your family and for your friends and, and your reason to, to being, right? Exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, Thiago de Carvalho is the founder. Oh, gosh. I, I know it wasn't even quite right. So I apologize for that. <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. Founder and CEO of Dear Designer. So awesome to chat with the, you about this. I feel like we covered so much in relation to work, life, design, all of it. But thank you for being here. That was my pleasure. Thanks so much, Karen, for, for having me here. I loved it. It was a great talk. I think that's the best part of my job to actually get to talk to people and, and help people with whatever I learned, right? I don't like to talk about stuff that I don't go through. I actually like right. to talk about stuff that is happening right now so yeah. I can talk to them and learn from it as well at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.